0: They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tacovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: Hey guys, welcome back for another episode of the New Hunter's Guide the podcast helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we're going to be talking about finding places to hunt on private land. Now, in the last episode, we talked about how do you find a place to hunt on public land. I would strongly, strongly encourage you to go back listen to that episode if you didn't. Even if you're not interested in public land, there's a lot of information we packed into that episode Uh, That is just good foundational knowledge about finding places to hunt, about hunting pressure, um, about just different ways to to look at and think about things. I probably had more rabbit trails than I did the the actual topic. Uh, But this week we're going to talk about how do you find somewhere to hunt on private land. Now, obviously, if you know people that have lots of land and you can just ask them and say hey can I hunt on your place and they'll say sure or maybe not but either way if you have connections well that's that's where you start I'm assuming that you don't have those connections that you don't have a lot of people who have land who will easily give you permission to hunt on it and you're working just like I was sorta from the ground up working from scratch trying to get your foot in the door maybe you've moved to a new area and you have no connections there, or maybe like me, you just didn't have uh, many people in your life that had ever hunted to to go to, to ask, to talk to, you had no network of hunters or people with land that, that you grew up with or maintained over the years, you're just sitting there going, okay, where can I hunt? I want to hunt somewhere. We talked last week about the pros and cons of public land. There's some strong pros there's also some strong cons. The biggest cons are just lots of people in certain areas of public land. Now I mentioned also there's some areas that you can find where you can walk for miles and not see another human being. But that's not not usually the case for most people. You don't often have places like that close to home. It's usually the smaller areas to get more hunting pressure. So when it comes to private land, the big advantages of hunting on private land is the, the number of hunters on the property are controlled. It's regulated by the landowner, they only let so many people on, they only let people they know there, they, they, they keep tabs on it in some fashion, it's not just open access. So you're usually gonna have fewer people there. you're gonna have fewer hunters you're gonna have less hunting pressure, and in many cases better odds at taking game just because you know there's less going on to spook animals to to change their their habits and their patterns. You have a higher chance of of being the only or one of the only people there so public land that's or private land excuse me has that advantage. The other advantage is proximity. Chances are you live closer to people who have land than you do public land, uh, especially if you're interested in this. That obviously means that you need more places to hunt, so you've got a better shot at finding places to hunt for the privately because you're surrounded by land everywhere you go. There's land, somebody owns it, and you know there there could be opportunity to hunt there. So how do you find private land to hunt on first thing i'd recommend start with your game commission in pa we have a hunter access program where private landowners can register with the game commission to say that their land potentially is available uh, to hunt on by request and they they do this for a number of reasons but Essentially, the game commission, they have a, they've got a guy who, and his sole purpose is to maintain this program, to keep this map up to date, and it has all the, the, the land in the state and in your particular county that, has, um, that that people have registered and say, yep, I'm open to hunters you know, asking me about permission to hunt here. So that's one place to start. Full disclosure, I went that route. It was very difficult. Uh, the maps that I that were there were not very precise, so you'd get to a place where there's a dot on the map, and it was not always intuitive on, okay, well, what property is that even talking about? Because this dot on the map takes up a lot of space when you're zoomed out, and then when you get there, you know, I had one place that I was trying to find, and there's supposedly this 100-acre property, and all the dots in the middle of a parking lot next to an oil refinery, and I'm like, well, that's not it so you're looking around you're on your app you're trying to figure out what's around here where could this property be so it's a challenge the other side i found is you know people were not overly receptive Uh, i I did not have great luck in terms of talking with people in terms of getting in contact with people even though they had registered they're just you know from what i understood the people that i did talk to People got a lot of requests. They might have 20 hunters in one season come to knock on their door. And the ones that said yes or said yes to all of them, well, that was really ended up being no better than public land. And then you had the ones that were, you know hard to get a hold of or didn't say yes. Those were actually the better prospects because uh, other people weren't getting yeses so you, you, there's a strategy there in terms of working that system if assuming your state has uh, that sort of a thing so what you could do is you can knock on doors you can leave or you can send letters you could leave flyers you could try to get a hold of people's email addresses i was like over 15 on that wasn't able to find any digital way to communicate But I sent a number of letters out to a number of different places, and what I had to do was literally drive around, find the place, find the address, write it down, go home, and mail a letter. Because either nobody was there, um, or it just yeah you weren't quite sure how to approach the property. Uh, You know, there's just a lot of different scenarios going on there. So I did not get a lot of response from from my attempt. Uh, at that i got I did find one property that was happy to have me come out and hunt pretty much everything except what I really wanted to hunt um, you know I really wanted the opportunity to hunt spring turkey there and maybe some deer and they were just booked up on those seasons They had you know dozens of hunters already the property wasn't all that big uh, the opportunity was good, but it just they, they, you know, when you have a hundred acres and or 140 acres, and you have multiple hunters scheduled to be on that property every day of the season, the prospects just aren't great, uh, especially for spring turkey. So, I, uh, you know, appreciated that I was able to find some seasons that they don't have a lot of hunters come out to that that I could go out there. But those are sort of uh, ancillary seasons for me; they're not my big seasons so it's it's more complicated to take advantage of that but that, that was a door that i found open so that's that's one way to do it the other way i recommend is get your app we talked about it last week on x hunt best hunting app i've ever seen or heard of period anywhere um, It and we talked about it at length last week I, or on the last episode i'd recommend you go back and listen to that But this app will let you zoom in to areas, uh, basically like Google Maps does. But then you could zoom in. You can pull up the parcels, the property lines. You can see what's public land, what's private land. You can measure distances between houses, roads, landmarks, whatever you want to do. And then you can click on each individual property and it will pull up who owns it, what the address is, how many acres are there. And you can overlay topography so you can see hills, valley, flat, so on. So what you do is you get this map and it's, I think it's $30 a year, well worth it. They don't sponsor this. They don't pay me anything. It'd be nice if they did, but it's well worth it. I've been using it for a couple years now. Uh, You're able to keep all your records in there. Where are good places to hunt? Where do you have permission? Just drop pins on the map. So get out your app just start looking for properties around where is convenient where is close to you or where is close to where you want to hunt and you can literally just go through and look for big properties for large parcels click on them how many acres is it look at the topography does it look promising then what you can do is drive out there and you got two options at that point most of the time you could either knock on doors or you could mail letters Uh, I personally think that mailing letters is a little less intrusive, Uh, it's easier, it's not dependent on time of day, Uh, but knocking on doors is probably a little more effective even though it's a bit more awkward. So what you do is you you can do that, you can drive out to these places, you can look at the land, sometimes you can tell by once you're actually there would this be a decent place to hunt or is something going on here that would not make this a good place to hunt? You know, I drove out to some places and they on the map it looked like it was open fields and woods and it was a cattle farm. I was like, eh, not not really going to work here. Uh, You know, fences everywhere, all that. So, you know, there's some of that, but you could drive out there, take a look at it. If it looks promising, you can try to contact the landowner. And here's here's what I think that the easiest way to do this is whatever find out whatever the most popular areas are in your where you live the most popular hunting seasons excuse me and then ask for permission to hunt something else right so if where you are deer's the most popular thing maybe you can ask for permission to hunt coyotes during a different time of year Often people hate coyotes, they're a nuisance animal, somebody who is willing to come in and and hunt those, that can definitely be seen as an asset as opposed to somebody who's who's, you know, a liability. You're like, hey, you want to come here and kill coyotes? Please, that would help me out. So think about it from that standpoint. What can I do to help the landowner? Or what types of game can I go after that? you know they're not interested in or maybe they just don't get inquiries about and that can just help open a conversation that can build a bridge uh... the other side of it is what else can you do what else can you offer you know you can offer to help them take care of the land you can offer to, to help them cultivate things you could offer to help on the farm you could offer you know uh... a, a gift of money or gift cards or, or something to, you know just show them your appreciation it, the, what a lot of people do is they just say hey can I hunt here this is what I want to do and that's not really a warm and appealing you know connection but if you bring something to the table that could help them if you bring something to the table that's appealing to them or a benefit to them now you have a different conversation and it could be that over time you develop a conversation with that person, and you know, you've got an open door to ask to hunt other things there. So find out what would help them, what their pain points are, what would be beneficial to them, what they would smile on, and try to build a relationship. Just going to get permission to hunt is a pretty dry transaction. It's like a door-to-door salesman. But if you go there trying to build a relationship, trying to offer to help them, trying to do something for them, if you're there showing a benefit to them, that's a little bit of a different thing. That, that you have a better chance of, of getting into a conversation, of talking to them, and you can say, hey, I'm new to hunting, you know, new to the sport, never hunted in the area, trying to find a place to go, um, interested just getting my feet wet going after such and such game." something maybe it's groundhogs maybe it's doves whatever it is that they don't hunt or isn't hunted heavily in that area that is going to be something that they're not used to hearing in my area deer everybody hunts deer everybody wants permission to hunt deer everybody's everywhere hunting deer but most other things people don't go after for the most part they're not going out asking permission of landowners to hunt something else, to to go after foxes or to go after coyotes or to go after um, doves or any number of your different migratory birds or geese or things like that. They're just not asking for that. So look at what's in that area, what's not being hunted, and try to get permission to do that. Get your foot in the door, and then once you get your foot in the door and they let you come do that, be good to that person. Just be good to them. You know, when you go out there to hunt, just, you can leave them a thank you note. You could leave them a plate of cookies. You could send them a Christmas card with a, you know, a little gift card somewhere. Just show them that you care. You can offer to stop by, you know, in the spring when they're, you know, cleaning up the, the property from the winter to help them out or to do this or that or Whatever whatever the situation might be that you could do that you could offer, once you get your foot in the door and they let you in, be a good person to them. Build that relationship. At first, it may be that you know they want you to call them and let them know you're coming every time you want to come and hunt. That's a pain. That's really a pain. That's not exciting that you got to really schedule things out. You got to think about it, you got to talk to them in advance, you got to hope it's okay. But often, after a few seasons, building relationships, showing up, helping them, giving them some of the, maybe some of the venison or some of the meat from the, from whatever the game you take, or just, you know, some Christmas presents, some cards, stopping by the farm to help a couple times, you know, over the course of time, you become friends with this person. And there often will just open up more and more flexibility to you to the point where you can come anytime, hunt whatever you want, doesn't matter. Again and again, that kind of thing happens. But you got to work at it. You, it takes work, it takes time. and it's just something that you know you got to commit to do. In the short term, it sounds exhausting. But in the long run, these are the best deals going. You build relationship with people, they trust you, you trust them. They essentially can let you use their property like it was your own, come and go as you please. You know that is awesome. But it often takes it takes some work, it takes some time to get there, especially with strangers, people you just don't know. Now the other thing to do, so, we've covered two so far. We got your Hunter Access program. We got your pulling out your app and just looking for places that are big enough to hunt, driving around, finding them, trying to make contact. Number three is networking. And I don't mean from like a, a, you know, a social networking, website kind of approach. This kind of networking is more about listening and asking questions. It, it, it's about keeping your ear open when you meet people, when you talk to people, or people that you already know, but you have never, you don't know that well. You never know who might have land or who might have access or who might have a lead or who might be willing to take you with them and introduce you to somebody that could then become a relationship for you. I know that it, it wasn't until I started having difficulty finding places to hunt, that I just started listening. I started listening differently to people that I knew, people that I met. I started asking questions a little differently, just in regular conversation, you know, just just in the back of my mind, pondering and, and looking for, All oh, I wonder maybe if there's a connection here, or maybe they know somebody, or maybe they know a place, or maybe they have a place. And you just start to think about that. And over time, You will find people, meet people that have connections, that can help you. Because when you already know somebody, when you already have a relationship with somebody, or you work with somebody, that's the easiest way to get permission, to to get in somewhere. So you just listen, you talk, you ask, you keep it in the back of your mind, and you network as you go. That is uh, just a different way of thinking that I think everybody needs to pick up Uh, even from the first day. And I recommend thinking like this when you go to your your hunter safety course because there's going to be other people there. You never know what kind of opportunities or connections that you might run into. So you just think about it. You, You look for that. You ask these questions. And then the fourth point is don't overlook small opportunities. When I say small opportunities, I mean... There could be places that you have uh, the opportunity to hunt on that you wouldn't think would be a viable place to hunt on. You know, it's only four or five acres. There's no way you could hunt there. Well, you know what? There might be. There might be. Um, one of the places I hunt a lot now at my father-in-law's house. At first, I never really thought about it like a viable place to hunt. I didn't it's I think 12 and a half acres it's sort of an oddly shaped property there's not a lot of real long stretches in a row It's surrounded by other properties and a lot of other people that hunt and it's just not ideal in a lot of ways but after playing the game after trying to you know find places to hunt after having some success I started looking at that property differently because once you get out there you scout a little bit you see some things you you get some experience, you start to look differently at topography, at land, at, you know, trails and so on. And I started to see, you know what, there's actually some opportunity here. And I identified two places on the property where I could put up a stand or a blind or even just a chair that had a, a, you know, 50 to 100 yards shooting range or not range but shoot, field of view that, you know that I could shoot that was on the property in front of me and I said okay this is not the this is not ideal for my style but in terms of the animal movement where the streams are where the trails are in terms of just the way the property sits this is not bad at all actually it's it's pretty good in terms of some things in my mind I was thinking you know, I wanted to sit somewhere where I could see, you know, 200 yards in every direction. Well, that's not realistic. It's really not. It's, you're not easily going to find places like that. And when I got out into the real world and got out scouting properties and, and starting to hunt, I realized that's not the way that it works in most places, at least where I live. And often, even if you, even if you have a good 200 yard spot, it's, And say a deer popped out at 200 yards, you don't have the setup to be able to hit that deer. Most people can't shoot that well accurately, just, you know, offhand. You need a good rest. You need something you could steady your gun against. And often those shots aren't aren't realistic from a lot of situations in a lot of spots, especially for new hunters. So I found this, you know sort of odd shaped 12 acre property was actually quite a good place for deer hunting and then after a couple of years i found out you know what there's some opportunity here for turkey hunting as well based on where they roost and and where they're at and where you can call them from it's not ideal but i can go there anytime i don't have to worry about you know any, any shenanigans it's an open door there's not going to be anyone else on that particular property, although the adjacent properties are pretty close. But it's just convenient. It's close. It's easy. It's somewhere I could go and, and just set up and, and have a good morning, have a shot at it. But for deer, though, it's actually quite good. So it took me years to come to that conclusion. This was right under my nose the whole time. You know, and there are times where just a couple acres, all you need for a rifle hunting is to be is the is to have, you know, fifty yards. Can you do you have a good fifty yard? Now of course you 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 have to be able to make sure whatever's beyond that is safe. You know, you can shoot into a hillside, pro you know, that's that's a safe backstop or something, but you you need to have just some distance there. Then you could say, okay, this is the area I can hunt. I can't shoot if they're farther than that. You know, obviously, you can't have houses nearby, but oftentimes, just a couple acres, you could get one or two places you can set up. Get some scouting, figure it out, and that's what one of our next upcoming shows is going to talk about, is some preliminary scouting, how to do that, how to r- recognize a good spot. But first, before you can scout, you have to find an area to scout. So that's what we're talking about this week, and that was the fourth point. So... Uh, just to recap, number one was um, look for your game commissions, hunter access program. Number two was going to door-to-door using your, your OnX hunting app or whatever app you use to identify potentially good properties and go door-to-door, try to build relationships with people. Number three is listening and networking, just trying to... Keep your ears attuned to this new frequency of hunting and people that hunt and have land. And then number four is don't overlook the small places. Don't overlook the places that that seem like they're not big enough. They're not adventurous enough. And especially if you hunt archery, all you need is 20, 30 yards. There's so many more opportunities to hunt archery, to be honest. And we may talk about that some in the future. I look at that as more of an advanced topic than a new hunter's topic, because archery has a whole different set of of uh, skills that are needed and and experience I think that's needed in order to be effective at it. But if if that's what you feel compelled to do, you need even less space for that. So that's another element. But I think these four tips will help you. They will help you find places to hunt to help you find people to help you find opportunities and then coming up in a future episode that we will talk more about scouting and what to do once you've actually put boots on the ground somewhere so make sure you head to the website newhuntersguide.com get the show notes more information resources a link to that hunting app that i've been telling you guys about and i appreciate you listening you guys have a blessed day god bless and catch you later